Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about The Golden Age by Woodkid, released in 2013 under Green United Music. And my guest is Ethan. Woo! Let's do it! Welcome back to the podcast, Ethan. You are literally just here for our year-end episode, so thank you for coming back so soon. No problem. I'm really happy to be here again. It's going to be great. I'm so stoked that you're here, and I have to say, it's it's nice to kind of go back to the old format of the podcast, but for our listeners, um, this is, is going to look a little bit different from the episodes we've done in the past. Uh, if you've been with us for a while, you knew that we would focus our drink uh, of the evening on a specific album. We'd talk at length about that album with our guests. Last season, we did uh, short form episodes, Take a Shot. This season, the focus is albums that made me fall in love with music, so every new episode will have a different guest, and uh, it's up to that guest to bring to the table an album that made them fall in love with music so Ethan today you've selected the golden age by Woodkid and oh, yeah. I'm so excited to talk about it with you but first I just got to ask how are you doing how's life how are things oh fantastic yeah things are going great just living it up in the city can't complain no complaints. People no complaints. are happy. People are healthy. You're here. This feels like early pod days. We were even just saying mm-hmm. before we started recording, reminiscing more so about um, when we first st- uh, when we first recorded together. Yeah. The one of the first episodes of the podcast ever was the uh, Abbey Road album mm-hmm. by right by the by the, the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> by the Rolling Stones. For Rolling those who don't Stones. know. <laughs> yeah. Ethan. Before we get into the album we're discussing today, I think I have a question that has been circling the internet for. A long time that I want to get your opinion on. Okay. And that me. question is, who's the bigger daddy? <laughs> Pedro Pedro Pascal or Oscar Isaac? Tell me your thoughts. Well, you know, the ancient Romans. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, oh man, that's a tough question though. It is a tough question. Because we, we have to define what a daddy truly is. Like, are we doing the literal terms or do we mean like the internet terms? The internet like, terms. The internet terms. I feel like they're both suitable suitors. Same for level the, of for daddy. the term daddy. I will say, I do think Oscar Isaac is more attractive than Pedro Pascal. Not to offend Pedro Pascal. That's He's a good looking my, guy. He's a good looking guy. Yeah. I just think Oscar Isaac has that like that like Adonis kind of look to him. Like when oh, yeah. he's when he's Atreides, like in Dune, like that that man is <gasps> I forgot he was in Dune. Yeah, right? And he fits that role. Like he, he looks a like man. a leader of a space colony. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he does, and he's got a beard. Does he have a beard a in that huge movie? Beard, yeah. yeah. When he Great beard, beard, like I'm talking Marriage Story, Oscar Isaac, a most violent year. You know what I mean? Like Oscar Isaac wasn't in Marriage Story. That was Adam Driver. Sorry, the other one. You know, scenes, scenes from, from a marriage. marriage. Scenes from a marriage. Sorry, not so, Adam Driver. How dare you? <laughs> I love like gritty, gritty Oscar Isaac. But I'm loving Pedro Pascal in The Last of Us. Oh. For sure. It's trending. The kids are talking about it. And let's be honest, he is a daddy. Both of them are daddies. Both of them are daddy status. Okay, I'm glad we settled that on the podcast. Woodkid, a.k.a. Johan Lemois, is a chamber pop musician who also dabbles in graphic design and directing. The Golden Age is his debut record, which was released in March 2013 to fairly mild critical acclaim. But the video for the single Run Boy Run was nominated for a Grammy directed by Woodkid himself. Now, for listeners, oh, yes, I know. I'm I seeing a shock surprise. Yeah. He dabbles. Damn. I said he dabbles in uh, direction and graphic design. What? Yeah. Mostly Damn. music videos. Mostly music videos, but still direction. Yeah. Nominated for a Grammy. Very exciting. Incredible. 
And for the listeners who might not know what chamber pop is, because I certainly didn't, uh, Wikipedia actually defines it as a music genre that combines rock music with intricate use of strings, horns, piano, and vocal harmonies with an emphasis on melody and texture, Mm. which I thought was cool because I think that was the word I was like thinking of when I was listening to this album, how it's like you can almost feel it. I know that that sounds really hippy dippy, but it's like so... Do you know what I'm trying to say? I think I feel it. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like it's very tangible when you're listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's like a real, because it's, it's, it's got that, I mean, it's got that orchestra feel to it because most of the time he does have an orchestra behind him when he's making those songs. Yeah. So it's, you can really feel like I can imagine if you were to play one of his songs on like a speaker at full blast, like the whole city would shake. Like the like rumblings. Yes. Yeah. Like there's vibrations to it and you feel it. Hundred percent, absolutely. Um, so I, I actually didn't realize this either, but apparently artists like the Beach Boys are credit, credited with uh, the inception of this genre, particularly their album Pet Sounds. Oh. But bands like Fleet Foxes and Woodkid exemplify that today. And another one that I thought of when I was researching this, um, and I know you like them as well, Sun Lux gives me the same oh yeah 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 type of vibe when I'm listening, where it's it's beyond sound. It is, yeah. It's more about like how it, like how you hear it in your chest, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? It kind of transfers you to like a whole, like Sun Lux. I'm talking about like kind of transfers you to a whole different place, especially yeah. like um, oh, what was the one you sent me? Um, your day will come. Or dream this, state. Oh, dream state. Dream is state is by fucking Sun Lux. Great. Yeah, like listening to that the first time, I was just like, change. I can Did see I the you? equations. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I know what a black hole is, right? Like, <laughs> did, did I send you Changes Everything? That's another really good one. I think you did, yeah. That's a great Sunlux song. Yeah. Sunlux, highly recommend. They're, they're oh, yeah. friggin' uh, fantastic. And you know what? It, I was listening to, um wh- when I was waiting for you to come over today, and I was making mm-hmm. dinner, I was listening to Radiohead's album, Kid A, and I don't know if you've listened to that album. Is that, the the, the cover of that album, is that the, the test dummy? Or like the... No, I oh, think... Okay. Uh, I think is that maybe a, OK Computer that's got the test maybe. dummy on it? I just think it's such a funny album cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Kid A is like a, it's like a scenescape of, or a scenescape. It's like a, a painting of like mountains. Uh, I don't think I've seen that. No. But yeah, it's, it's a great record. But they've, um, that record kind of gave me this same, this same vibe where I feel like it's, it's kind of like a, um, I don't even, I don't even know how I would describe it. It's, it's. It's indescribable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's beyond words. Like, it's kind of indescribable. Like, if someone were to tell me, like, oh, yeah, what is Son Lux's Son Lux's music like? What is Woodkid's music like? You know, you, the usual response is just to be like, you have to listen to it because it's, it's, most of it is like in the feeling of it. Well, and I feel like for me, if someone asked me that question, yeah. I would say it's experimental. True. What like I always hear the term like experimental, and I'm I always like whenever I hear the word, I always imagine experiments. Like, yeah, like in, well, no scientists. <laughs> like in a, yeah, like we're gonna mix hydrogen chloride. No, I'm that was stupid. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> when I hear the word experimental, like especially in a musical context, yeah. I always imagine the image of like I don't know, like someone banging pots and pans together, like something that isn't traditional. So, I think that's exactly it, though. But I feel like, I mean, maybe Son Lux more so than Woodkid, because Woodkid, I feel like he uses like an orchestra, which I think is the most traditional you could be. Fair. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like when I, I don't know if I would say it's experimental, like me personally, but Son Lux definitely more, more so because the soundscapes they have is. I just feel like with with Woodkid, I, I, I like I say experimental because 
I sense that, like I get that from bands where they don't follow like a pattern in a song where I feel like it's kind of all over mm-hmm. the place. Like a, a song typically has like whatever you do three verses, you do mm-hmm. a, you do a, a, a pre-chorus, maybe throw in like a, a coda or something, whatever they call the thing at the end of bridge, yeah. throw that in. You kind of wrap it all up with the last chorus and then you're just like, you're done. A few harmonies here, maybe a few ad libs here. Like it, it follows like a, yeah. it's formulaic. And I feel like anything outside of that formula to me is experimental, but maybe my definition is a little more loose than yours. No, I feel what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not to say Woodkid is formulaic, but I do feel like he follows, he has a structure like with his songs, like especially, I mean, like we'll probably talk about with like Wood, uh, with Run Boy Run and mm-hmm. all that, but like, you know, there is structure to it. There is the chorus and there is the, like there's repetition to it. There's, I feel like there's, it has legs that it stands on. So Ethan, before we get into uh, talking about why this album made you fall in love with music, um, I'm noticing also that uh, (laughs) I have a half full glass of rum and coke. Yours is empty, so we're going to have to do refills before we record the next section. I just graduated from university, okay, so. (laughs) Kid can put away booze. (laughs) Um, But uh, so we're drinking rum and cokes. I haven't had a rum and coke in a very long time. And to be honest, I was surprised when you said this was the drink you had selected. So that's Mm -hmm. also something new that we're doing on the podcast this season is we're having the guest select the drink. So Ethan then why in the heck are you making me drink the drink that I literally made made me so sick in university? Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, I wasn't going to tell you that because this is your, man, this is your jam. Now I feel guilty. No, it's okay. I'm actually (laughs) enjoying it right now. Okay, good. I was like, no wonder it's only half full. You're like fighting back. I know. I'm like, oh, God. No, we're fine. We're actually okay. We're almost 30 and I think we've recovered. But, um... (laughs) But tell me why you picked this drink. I think it probably comes from like a place of nostalgia because like rum and coke. I don't know if it was the first drink I ever had, but it's probably the first drink I ever had. It's the first drink I ever had. You know why? Because dad made me one. Yeah. Oh, Oh, Ethan's my brother, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm not just saying dad. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy. I mean, daddy. I mean, daddy. Uh, Yeah. Dad made me one. That was my first drink that I ever had. When was that? How old were you? Like 14 or 15, but I only had oh, one. Damn. Okay. Fair I only enough. had one. I wonder if, yeah, because, okay, like the first drink technically was 14. I had like a shot of vodka at a Christmas party. Which Christmas party? Oh, like family Christmas? Family Christmas party. Family Christmas. Yeah. Family Christmas. Because we they were just like, all right, he's 14. You can have a, I don't know if this is self incriminating for underage drinking. <laughs> Please don't arrest me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was like that was my first ever drink. But I think rum and coke is probably the first one that I had where I'm like, oh yeah, this is quite good. And I know the first like rum. I think rum was the first drink I ever shared with friends and had like a really good time when I was like 17. Oh, that's so, so nice. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty nostalgic one. I've definitely had a few rum and cokes here and there throughout my time in university. So just it's like few. it's a simple one to make. You know, you're gonna like it because it's just two ingredients. Not too strong, but also like it can give you a good buzz. So it's, yeah. yeah. Well, if you drink it at your speed, I mean, <laughs> okay. it gives you more than a buzz. That's for sure. I'm like just kidding. Take it easy. Take it easy. Well, if you at home want to make a rum and Coke, as Ethan said, it is really simple. All you need is rum and Coca-Cola. Uh, we did doubles tonight. So we put a, two ounces of rum into our pint glasses. Mm-hmm. I would recommend a tall glass. And then you just top it up with Coca-Cola. And yeah, man, it's good. I'm liking it. Yeah. Nothing better. So thank you. This is a we're it's a Wednesday night and we're like <laughs> yeah. rum and coke. All right, Ethan. I think it's time to get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. We so just talked about the Irish. Let's ah. <laughs> I don't know where to go. I'm I, I honestly I don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> like... 
regardless, we want to get into uh, some of the details of this record. And so where I want to start the conversation, Ethan, is why this album made you fall in love with music. So mm. maybe you can take myself and the listeners on a little bit of a journey. I'd like to hear a little bit about when you started listening to this record, maybe how you discovered the artist mm. and why you love it so much. Yeah. Um, so I think the first time that I ever heard about Woodkid was that it's funny. It was that Assassin's Creed trailer, which I'm pretty sure you saw too. Uh, like, you know, the video game Assassin's Creed, right? Yeah, of course. So they made the second one. And in that second, uh, for the trailer for the second game, they used, um, was it the second game? They used Iron, which is on Golden Age. Okay. Um, and that song, I remember like listening to it. I, I can't remember how old I must have been. I must have been like a, 10 or 11. And I remember it was like one of the most like epic songs. Like it really captured the essence of like a medieval setting, which was like why it was so perfect for Assassin's Creed. Right. Um, but it still had like a modern feel to it because, you know, Woodkid was still kind of keeping it upbeat with his vocals and whatnot. And he had a very modern kind of tone with his voice. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it wasn't like medieval gospel music or something. It was, or it wasn't like Halo where it's just choral. Yeah. Yeah. It was like very epic. It was very engaging and yeah, it like really painted the picture and made things very intense for that trailer. And then I saw it. Uh, I, I then again a couple years later there was another video game. I feel like his songs are used a lot in I mean, it video games. Makes sense hearing the album. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. No, because they're they're like they're once again like they're very epic and they're very big songs. So I feel like it captivates an audience. So especially in trailers, it's like very useful because it's ear cat. Is that a word? Ear catching? I don't know. Uh, cat catches one's ear. <laughs> I would just say catchy, maybe. Cat, yeah, it's, it's an earworm. Yeah. It could be an earworm. Yeah. Or like, yeah. It, like when you hear it, you kind of, your head turns to see where it's coming from, you know? Right. Um, cause it, like his song Run Boy Run was used in a trailer for Dying Light, which is a video game. It was um, also used, um, I think O2, like the O2 arenas that exist in the UK, like O2 Brixton, O2 London, O2 Birmingham. They used it in one of their commercials and oh, yeah. the narration was done by Sean Bean from, um, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Mr. Bean. I was very confused. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was no, like, from really? Game of Thrones. Yeah, Sean Bean. Yeah, that 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 bean. That bean. The that other bean. bean. The yeah. only bean. Not the kidney bean. No. The other one. Garbanzo. <laughs> Those damn lima beans. <laughs> um, garbanzo. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was... <laughs> garbanzo. <laughs> that was Sean Bean's nickname in college, Garbanzo. <laughs> yeah, garbanzo. <laughs> I don't have any friends. Um... Yeah, so it was used in a lot of different... Tra- it was also used in uh, The Umbrella Academy, Run Boy Run. It was... I, I actually never in finished... which season? Season one. Really? I, from what I've heard. Because I remember, like, I'll go to the music video, because the music video is wonderful. Amazing. And in the comments, people are always like, Umbrella Academy brought me here. So, oh. I don't know if it was... Maybe it was used in a trailer again, or... But I'm pretty sure it was used in an actual episode. Huh. Um... Yeah, but then, of course, like one thing led to another, and I was watching the music video for Run Boy Run, and it's, I mean, if you haven't seen it, definitely go and watch it, because it's extremely beautiful. I still don't know how they did it, like if they CGI'd it, but the visuals are insane. Can you Um, give the listeners a bit of a taste of what it's about? Yeah, so essentially, like it starts with like this kid running out of like a facility, uh, and he just starts running across this field, um, and he's running towards like a city, and it's made of, it's, it's almost like it's made of marble, it's pristine and white, the whole... Uh, music video is black and white so it really stands out in like this bleak environment and as he's running 
these monsters kind of start to rise out of the ground and they start running with them. And it's sort of similar to like where the wild things are. Like it's that kind of style of monsters. And they so they're not after him. They're No, they're running with him. They're and they're like almost him. encouraging him to keep running. Right. Uh, and by the end of it, he has like a whole army of these like monsters kind of running around him, encouraging him to keep going. He gets like a cool sword and shield. It's great. And by the end of it, he's on like a foothill overlooking this city. And it's like he's just completed this mass journey right um and so like and obviously like the music video is great enough but the accompaniment accompaniment (laughs) that's a tough word to say (laughs) the music (laughs) you know undertoning that entire scene is just a joy to watch so you know after watching that music video i started looking into his other songs and that's where i stumbled upon like um i love you and you know listening to iron again because i know ne- i didn't listen to it uh for a few years after i had first seen it in like trailers and whatnot right um and yeah i just started getting a i, I hope i don't sound like a broken record because i know i've mentioned this with other albums like fleet foxes and whatnot but yeah. um like it's just the the scale of his music is what really made me kind of like fall in love with it um and just like the appreciation for it because he really writes music that makes you want to move yeah. Um, like you, listening to Run Boy Run, it makes me want to just start sprinting down the street. It's very epic and uplifting. Um, and so that's what I like appreciate about it is that he's able to create songs and melodies that can like instill such a motivation into someone. No, that's totally fair. So, so this record came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. You were saying with the Assassin's Creed thing, you were 11, 12, which like kind of checks out with the year yes. that this album came out. I think like Iron and a couple of the other songs on the album. I think they were originally released as singles, so they oh, came out before so the album. Before. Yeah, exactly. I believe. I could be wrong. But so that means you've been listening to this album for a very long time. Pieces of the album for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. I think Iron and Run Boy Run were the first couple, and then after that, once I got older and I started to appreciate the music more, that's when I looked into the rest of the album and discovered some of the other ones that I like too. Got it. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I will say, you know, when I was listening to the record, I feel like the the first thing that I kind of noticed is exactly what you've already captured, the way that it made me feel. And it's always great doing pod episodes with you too, because I feel like even though I'm very into music and I'm always looking for new artists, new albums, you just bring something out of fucking left field every time. <laughs> nice. Like very rarely, like whenever you've come on and talked about your favorite record of the year, favorite song, usually like nine times out of 10, I have not heard of it. Cool. So when you gave me this album, I was like, what, who the hell is Wood Kid? <laughs> what am I into? And, or what am I getting into? Yeah. And it was funny because I was listening to it. And for me, the, the like kind of, timber of his voice he's got this very low kind of gravelly voice yes he does yeah yeah which um i I couldn't really place and then it kind of hit me over the last few days when i was listening to it kind of reminds me of depeche mode do you listen to depeche mode Uh, no i don't think i've ever heard of so depeche mode they have uh they do songs like um waiting for the night uh personal jesus your own personal jesus okay no i don't think i've ever heard of that the older bit. I wouldn't have yeah. expected you to, to listen to them anyways. But I was like, if you take that, like if you take those lead vocals from Depeche Mode. Yeah. And I'm like, if you put it in a Florence and the Machine formula song, I think you would get Woodkid. I think he like that's the love child right there. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I never realized until you said it just then, like Florence and the Machine actually is very similar in right? terms of like the yeah, like the instruments that are used. I always think of um, Dog Days are over. The, like the majesty of it, yeah. The, like just the 
like again it's like yeah that's like another song where it's just you feel so inclined to like dance and yeah. like get up on your feet like it's it, it kind of takes hold of you yeah well and even some of the like i see that part of it for sure with the upbeat songs on the album mm-hmm. but he's also got a lot of these like um uh just instrumentals that yeah. I think are very, I don't know if mellow is the right word, but like, I, you know, I was driving around listening to the album today and I'm just kind of like, when you get to those parts of the album, it's very chill. It's a very different experience versus the song before that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's Every true. single song has like its own journey. Yeah. I will say like, I, I think I am a bigger fan of his like more upbeat ones. Um, like those are probably my favorite ones on the album, but yeah, no, I definitely do still appreciate the other, like the boat song as well. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. Now, are there any, any songs on the album in particular that you're really, uh, a fan of like your, your favorite tracks off the album? Yeah. I think my top favorite is run boy run. That's a That's, standout. Yeah. 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 Just cause it's, it's another one of those songs, which again, not to repeat myself, but it's one that has given me a, like a lot of ideas when it comes to writing. I've always wanted to try and like write that into a scene because there's so many, it's, it's very complex, but it's also, you can put it into a lot of different situations. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be like an epic victorious moment. I feel like it could also be like a moment of defeat. It could be a moment of like despair. Um, And it's just like, it sort of just like paints that emotion in a massive scale, which is why it's so cool. Um, so I think that's why it'd be like probably one of my favorites. It's just very versatile. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, I was also going to ask you what you thought of the the cover art of this album, because for me, it was interesting. It's it, it, for the listeners in case you, you know, don't have it in front of you or whatever. But um, it is like, a you know, kind of a side profile of uh, a man or of a person wearing like a, a hat, like a baseball cap. Yeah. But for me, what it reminds me of is kind of like a Venus flytrap because there's all these kind of like, it's black and white, so you Mm. can't really tell, but there's these kind of like pieces of like coverage, like almost like bandage over the face. And then there's like little kind of, not spikes, but like things sticking out. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's very hard to describe. And it reminded me of a Venus flytrap. That's, that's so weird. Cause I feel like I didn't, maybe I didn't take a very good look at it or maybe it's cause I was looking at it on my phone. So I couldn't see like a very high definition of it. Let I thought it was you. like, I thought it was like paint splatters almost. Like I thought it was a side profile, but there was splatters kind of ru- ruining the, so I'm just, Oh, oh you can't, I don't think you can make it bigger, but oh, okay. I'm just showing Ethan now. Uh, but like, like look at it closely yeah, 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 and yeah. tell me, I see kind of like almost like a plant aspect to it, which I thought was really interesting. And I, I don't know what it means. Oh, that is a little bit freaky now that I'm seeing it right? up close because I didn't really actually look at it. it. For me, it's almost like a collage, like it kind of because I can oh. see the hat, but it looks like there's also like a lot of different images making up his face. Okay. I mean, that, that, that definitely suits the vibe of like the album and the music videos that go along with them because I think for, I mean, at least all the other ones that I've seen for this album, they're all like black and white. Um, and they all like follow that same kind of vibe really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, when I was, when I was reading up on this album a little bit, he, he called the album golden age because Mm. for him, it was kind of like a journey through his childhood, which he referred to as his golden age. Right. And if we think about like what that could mean for people, like typically, like I wouldn't say my childhood was my prime or my golden age or something that I'm going to look back on and treasure. Not that I had a bad childhood by any means, but I mean, it's interesting to think that like that key time in your life or where you might may have felt the most powerful, or the most proud of was when you were young. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, I just, I, I, I just find it really interesting. And then I'm just kind of like, okay, does that relate to the album? Or I feel like it's just going over my head a little bit, but in a good way. Yeah. I mean, maybe cause I mean, because of the, um, it, it can almost be interpreted as like, 
an art project you would make when you were a kid. Like, like paper mache kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like putting together something very abstract, especially if it's like a collage, like putting different images together to try and make it look like something else. I feel like that that can represent something that you would have done in, in childhood. Well, and, and so much I think of like when you're growing up is like taking pieces of your yeah. experiences and taking pieces of things that you learn and kind of building what your personality is going to look like. Right. So, yeah. Oh, true. I guess there's that aspect too. I mean, maybe we're getting really deep into it. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but I, I wanted to ask your opinion on it because I, I, every time I saw the cover art come up, I was like, it's, it's weird. <laughs> we, we asked wood kids like, what's the meaning behind the, the, the art, the album art. He's just like, I want it to look like a Venus. Flat yeah. That's all it was. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so curious to know Ethan too. What would you say is the biggest difference uh, listening to this album now versus when you first discovered it? Yeah, I guess I was just more selective back in the day. Like even a few years ago, I would just pick one song um, and listen to that. So for this, for Woodkid, it would have been Run Boy Run. Um, but since I've kind of like taken the time to try and just explore other songs and see what I like, um, I've just discovered more, there's just more variety, especially in this album, like especially because some of my other favorite songs are like, I love you. And what was the other one? Uh, the great escape. Um, oh. like those two, especially they're very, they're sort of upbeat and they are very massive in scale, similar to run boy run, but they are also still very different. They're telling a very different story. Right. So I think that's like the main difference is seeing or like finding the, like the meanings behind those songs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just taking the time to actually like try them out and see what they're like. And do you find that you you do that when you listen to music often, trying to find the meaning behind it, or are you somebody who can kind of passively listen? I'll it's it's like a two step process. I feel like because I think I'll listen to a song and it'll be like passively, like I'll I'll listen more to like the tune and how catchy it is, and then once I start to like it, that's when I'll start to looking like looking more into the lyrics and and trying to figure out what was trying to like what was the message behind this what was the story right um and so yeah that was very interesting especially with um i love you because i've really loved like listening to that song for a long time and then i just realized today because i was looking at the lyrics again and i was listening to it i never realized it was almost it was it was not really a love song it was more of like when you're trapped in that situation where you really, really like somebody else and they don't care at all about you. Oh, really? And that's where I was like, I was like, whoa, I had no idea. Yeah. Because at first I was like, oh yeah, this is like a really groovy jam about somebody you love. And then it's like, oh no, that's not what it is. So. Duped again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shucks. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that, no, that's, I, I like that one too. That one was a standout for me in addition to, uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, Stab It Matter? Stab Stab at oh, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I like that one, but that was one that it kept coming up when I was playing it, and I'd like glance at the little thing in my car to see, okay, which one was this? And it was always stab it matter. I can't remember. Was that another? Is was that like more of like an instrumental one, or was that? No, I think it has words. It does. I hope it does. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but I, every time I glanced at it, I was like, wait, I have to remember that I like this one, and oh, it was, okay, it was. Enough. I'm pretty sure it had lyrics because I, I struggle with instrumental stum- sometimes. Me too. Yeah. Because I'm like, lyrics mean so much to me. Like that's truly where some of my favorite. Um, artists live is the songwriting and that's what makes me fall in love with them so yeah I I, sometimes with instrumentals I'm kind of like okay like I want some I want some tunes because I like to also sing out loud yeah I love to sing in the car I love to sing in the shower I would sing all day if they let me at work but they don't I will sing at the doctor's office and (laughs) they will escort me out with security (laughs) 
<laughs> Basically, I, I just love singing along to stuff. So, yeah. and this one, I, I guess going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, I find it hard to sing to this album because I don't get the pattern. And I, I feel like I have good musicality. I have good rhythm. Totally. But when I don't know where the fuck he's going to go, I can't like predict. Yeah. I can't predict the note he's going to hit. I can't predict the next like key change. I just, it was, it was tough. It doesn't, it doesn't mean I don't like it, yeah. but this isn't a singable record. This isn't something that you're like, well, I don't know. Maybe you sing out loud to it. Yeah. I feel like maybe not, like run boy run is very easy to sing along to. Cause it's just fair run boy run. Like it's, it's, it's the, it's the same kind of the words. You just mumbled them just now. Well, I, I'm self-conscious about singing. Okay. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Like, but uh, I love you. That's definitely one that I'll, I'll say out loud. Okay. But I actually, I mean, maybe I just don't have like a, as good of an ear for like when the key changes or because to me, I'm, I just think it's the same kind of structure all the way through, but maybe I'm just not, I just don't hear it. Could just be the way that we listen to music differently, man. Maybe. Yeah. It's very real. But I have noted like you saying that actually is interesting because I've seen a live performance that he does when he, when he's singing Run Boy Run in Paris. So somewhere in France, um, <laughs> so somewhere over across the pond, and no, across the pond, it is across the pond. No, across the pond is like the UK. Well, there's a pond when you're going to France too. The pond is the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> my dude. The, like, <laughs> there's a there's a lobsters pond. Lobsters are from the ocean, ocean my, my dude. dude. From Maine, that's where lobsters are from. You <laughs> he, he's doing a live performance there. And yeah, even when he was doing that, I would notice with each new chorus he did, he would kind of do something different with it, whether it was like he would add a riff or whatnot. So I do see what you mean. Like he got, he does kind of like improvise, but He's I, unpredictable. He is unpredictable, especially live. Yeah. Have you ever seen him live? No. no. Would you like to see him live? I think it'd be very cool because there was a very cool moment in that video, which you all should watch because at the end of the song... Uh, everyone's like kind of applauding because it was the final song. Yeah. And then the whole crowd starts to do the chorus, basically. Like they start to um, sort of like acapella. Um, yeah. But they're doing... Run Boy Run? Yeah. They're oh. like singing. Uh, they're basically singing the the melody to it. So they're like, oh, 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 oh. Ah. And they just keep... And they, so they all start singing. It's a couple thousand people at least. Yeah. Uh, and so Woodkid is like baffled at it. And then he starts to like, kind of like Freddie Mercury, he kind of starts to like conduct them. So he like kind of gets them to go quieter. And then he starts to get them to go up in volume. And then he gets them to go to the top and everyone starts jumping around. So it's screaming. Yeah. Like it's a great atmosphere. It looks like, so I'd love to, I'd love to go see him live, but I mean, I don't know if he's going to come to Canada anytime soon, but you never know. I wouldn't mind going to Europe. I'm just saying I could do it. 100% 100% man to see an artist that you love and obviously this album means a lot to you and, and I, I love all the thought that you've you know put into it um is this is this an artist that you continue to follow like do you find yourself seeking out other artists like Woodkid because of your experience with this album yeah like I yeah. I, I, I feel like Woodkid is an example of the kind of like music that I listen to because it's like Woodkid um M83 Florence and the Machine Fleet Foxes I feel like you know, maybe not all of their songs, but they have made music very similar to one another. Right. That is the kind of music that I like search for where it's sort of, yeah, it, it kind of takes hold of you with just how complex it is and how creative too. Um, 
and the way it utilizes so many different instruments, so many different voices at once. I'm really like big into that kind of stuff. Hundred percent, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I, 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 unfortunately, I don't really know much of his other songs. I feel like I need to look into some of his other albums, but yeah, I definitely be eager to see like what he does next. Hundred percent, man. Yeah. Um, now, Ethan, we have reached the critical point in the podcast, and that is where we have to rate this album. So um, if you're new to the pod, what we do on the Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music podcast is we rate the album we're talking about out of five beverages that we have in front of us. So in this case, it's our delicious rum and cokes that we're enjoying this evening. So um, now, Ethan, you know this album much better than I do. So I'm actually not going to rate it. I am going to leave that to you, my good okay. sir. And That's that will go down in podcast me. history as the rating you now give it. So out of five rum and cokes, mm-hmm. one being you hate this album, which I'm pretty sure you're not going <laughs> to say, and five being an album that you can listen to all the live long day, where would you rate uh, The Golden Age by Woodkid? I think I'd give it a solid four. Yeah, because like I... I can't remember how many songs are there are in total. There's but a there's a fair amount. It's a good it's amount. A, it's a longer album that that I anticipated. There yeah. are fourteen songs. Fourteen songs. Like yeah, I'd say out of the fourteen, not to say I don't like the other seven. I just probably don't listen to them on repeat as much as I would with the others. So half of them are bops that I will always like never hesitate to put on. Yeah. Um, and the other seven are enjoyable. I just yeah, I don't listen to them very often. So I think for that reason, I'd probably give it a four. Because those seven songs on that album are very, like, big songs for me. Um, I have, like, a Mount Rushmore playlist on my Spotify account where I put, like, the songs that are, like, top dog. You know, like, S-tier. Wait, Mount Rushmore, is that, like, a Gen Z thing? No, it's, like, 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 Mount Rushmore... You have no, the four I, I know what Mount Rushmore is. Okay. It's it's the mountain where they have four No, but I presidents. thought this was like a new Gen Z term where it was like, oh, it's so Mount Rushmore or something. I don't believe it. Uh, is it? No, that's why I'm asking you. Oh, no, I don't think it is. Why do you call it Mount Rushmore then? Well, because that's a term I've heard before. Not from like Gen Z, but it's... Because, oh. okay. Like stands the test of time? Sort of. Or okay. it's like if you were to put... Like, okay, if I were to ask you your Mount Rushmore musical artists, you oh, would I pick like the mean. four artists, or not necessarily four, but like the artists who... Like shaped your music exactly, taste. like Got the most it, okay. important. Just like how Mount Rushmore, they highlight the most important presidents. Got it. Was it presidents on Mount Rushmore? Yeah, it's all presidents. It's all presidents. Okay, it's I wasn't George, sure. Uh, George Franklin, Ben. No, George yeah. Washington. George Franklin. Abra- it's George Franklin. <laughs> George Franklin, Abraham Washington. Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> Barack Bush. <laughs> Well, Ethan, um, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast to talk about an album that made you truly fall in love with music. It is so amazing to see how it shaped your music taste. And I thank you for bringing this album into my life because it is now added to my library and uh, I will be listening to it. And, um, you know, maybe one day I will feel the same things that you feel about it. But I appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing all of this with us. My pleasure. Always a fun time to come on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Ethan. You're welcome back anytime. Yes. (laughs) 